Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Happiest Season. I just woke up thinking about going home with you and got very excited about Christmas. I get to go meet the people that made my favorite person. I'll always take December away over summer. Abby, you and Harper have a perfect relationship. She is my person, and I really want everyone to know that. I want to marry her. What are you doing on your phone? I left a gentleman alone in my apartment, so I'm tracking him to make sure he leaves. You're tracking him? Yeah, I track everybody. If the NSA can do it, so can I. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm finally going to meet everyone. There's something that we should talk about. I didn't tell my parents I'm gay. So who do they think I am? This is Harper's orphan friend, Abby. Yes, of course. They're there. You're so brave. <laughs> you don't need to be. I cannot believe I've got all my daughters under one roof. So her parents believe their straight daughter brought home her lesbian friend for Christmas? Not exactly. They also think that I'm straight. Have they ever met a lesbian? This is why I avoid Christmas. It brings out the worst in everything. I've always skated circles around you. <laughs> I love it when they do this. You're such a cheater! Makes it so fun. No, Just be yourself. But don't lie. You're a very bad liar. Riley! Harper. This is Abby. Abby is my orphan roommate. We, I am an orphan, but we live together as friends. Um, like acquaintances. Oh, please stop. Yeah. I can relate to being in love with somebody that is too afraid to show the world who they are. What are you doing in the closet? I'm here to rescue you. Are you the ex-boyfriend? Yes, I am very sexually attracted to her. Mm. A female. I nailed that and she is fabulous. Do you know how painful it's been to watch the person that I love hide me? I am not hiding you. I am hiding me. Everybody's story is different. Just because Harper isn't ready doesn't mean she doesn't love you. Abby, honey, are you okay? Huh? Morning. I'm sorry about all this mess. Morning, kids. Morning. Honey, I'm headed to the office. Have a good day. You know I will. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Happiest Season, and the story is as follows. A young woman with a plan to propose to her girlfriend while at her family's annual holiday party discovers her partner hasn't yet come out to her conservative parents. The film is starring Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Allison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, Daniel Levy, Victor Garber, and Mary Steenburgen. It is written and directed by Clea Duvall and co-written by Mary Holland. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Lauren LaMagna. Hello, everybody. Dan Baer. Okay, I nailed that, and she is fabulous. And Cody Derricks. Hello. All right, everyone. So it must be the holiday season. Uh, this is a movie that is being released uh, on Hulu. It's currently streaming right now to watch over the Thanksgiving holiday, and hopefully we'll get watched and rewatched as we get into the Christmas holiday here. But there's also a unique twist on this studio uh, big ensemble cast comedy for the holidays in that it has 
a queer storyline, which is now something that we're starting to see a lot more in these types of films. I don't mean holiday movies. I just mean more so out of the indie like realm, if you will. And I think that's very exciting, and I think it helps a lot with uh, some of the a uh, uh, variety of storytelling that we're getting nowadays. And also, it's a great excuse to just see these excellent television actors, plus Kristen Stewart, come together in a movie here. So with all that said, happiest season. Did it meet our expectations? What did we think? Why don't we first start off with Cody Derricks? So what a nice little treat, you know? I mean... Is it breaking new ground? Is it going to change the world? No, but not every film in the queer canon has to be Carol, you know? <laughs> um, I've seen a lot of kind of um, distress around this movie that it doesn't kind of check all the boxes you wanted to or that some of the characters are uh, too mean for certain people's tastes. But I honestly just had a great time watching this movie. The cast is absolutely stacked. You're going to have trouble finding a better ensemble this year. And the the jokes are there, you know. I, I'm i somebody who has a pretty... Um, I don't laugh at a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of comedy. I don't know what that says about me. But I was uh, laughing my ass off at this one. Uh, and it, it's just nice to kind of just, like, sit in this cozy world that, like, yes, there's still drama... Yes, there's still holiday, you know, intrigue and such, but I just had a great time with this movie. Oh, that's nice. Very lovely. Why don't we hear next from Lauren LaMagna? I thought this was such a cute film. I feel like the last decade didn't have really great Christmas films or original Christmas films. I feel like the early 2000s, that was more of their thing. The 2010s kind of slumped on that. So I was excited for, you know, an original Christmas movie to, you know, get me into the spirit of this weird year. And I thought this film was really cute. I will say, I think I was more entertained by the supporting cast than the leading cast, even though Christian Stewart is always charming. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would necessarily call this a rom-com. I think it's more in the dramedy category for me. I think it leans more into the drama than the comedy and the romantics of it. But other than that, I think it's all in all cute, fun. Um, again, doesn't check off every single box, but it doesn't need to be. And it's just a fun, cute movie to watch. And I hope to watch more of it, I guess, as time goes on. All right. And now let's hear from Dan Bear. Okay, so I... Watched this um, on screener about a week ago, and I was a little disappointed. Um, partially, I think, because there had just been, like, I-, I watched it a little after a lot of other, like, the first wave of people had seen it, and the reactions were kind of through the roof. And while watching it, I just sort of, like, kept waiting for it to ascend from you know, nice, good, enjoyable fluff to something more, and it never did. And I watched it again last night just to see, because, like, there was something nagging at me, like, that I and I couldn't figure out why I didn't really love it like a lot of other people seem to. And I watched it again last night, And I had this sort of exact same reaction to it, which is like, I really like it, but I can't get past like with it. And I think I figure it out why, but I'm going to leave that for um, the actual discussion of the movie. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I'm too far away from you, Dan. I watched this movie knowing kind of full well what it was going to be based on what the trailer was selling to us. And, you know, there were moments, I think, in the movie here and there where I think the movie does ascend just a little bit higher. But then there's also a comedy bit here or something tonally that just feels off there where it doesn't quite come together as something great. Instead, what it is, to Cody's point er earlier, it's a holiday delight. You know, it really is just a joy of a movie, really. And it's something that is an easy watch that you sit down and you get nice and comfy in your pajamas, some hot cocoa, nice fire going, some Christmas lights around you. And I think it's a perfect movie to watch with the family because uh, it is a movie that is very much built around family. And, you know, that's a lot of what the holidays are, right? Families gathering together and the dysfunctional uh, <laughs> matters that come of that. So it doesn't break any new ground, in my opinion, even though um, it having the queer storyline, I think definitely helps add a unique flavor to it. And kind of like um, when we reviewed, say, something like Love, Simon, I, I think it's like, you know, built for the masses and does not necessarily go too much deeper uh, with the complexities of the characters and such. But I think for what it is and what it's setting out to do, I think it does succeed. Like, do I, like as a viewer, I want a little bit more, sure. But I also recognize that maybe I'm not the intended audience for this. And those who are, I think, are getting their, um, I think they're getting their fill. Yeah, I mean, I also went into this not expecting it to, you know, be absolutely breaking new ground. And I think that was better for it. Not to say that that's the only way to watch a movie, nor should you be like going into every movie. Like, I just want to be like completely numbed. I want this to be like a lobotomy. But at the same time, like, you know, I watched this after Thanksgiving. Um, so I was feeling merry. And it was just exactly what I wanted to see at that moment. And I, I, I agree with Dan, though, to the fact that I can't really get above like, you know, like, I mean, not to spoil it, but there's like really no way it can get above like a seven out of 10 for me. But that's just by nature of the like kind of story they're telling and how they told it. Now, I want to be very clear. There is a scene in this movie that did make me cry. <laughs> so it got extra brownie points for that scene alone. Uh, and I, I do want to actually kind of jump to that moment right away. I, I was saying before that there's a scene in the movie or moments in the movie where I feel like the movie does kind of ascend a bit above uh, what it's required to do and does take that extra step. I don't think it ever fully gets to its place of pure perfection, like Cody just said. But um, Daniel Levy has like this monologue where he's talking to Kristen Stewart um, near the end of the movie. And the movie did not need to do that it does like not necessarily have to have this moment where daniel levy just like completely like i think rip our hearts out and just so emotionally sells this really really tender and beautiful and personal moment with uh kristen stewart's character abby but we get it and i actually think it helps the movie quite considerably just in terms of getting people who still maybe don't understand lgbt uh storylines and uh, uh, are not maybe accustomed to seeing uh, those types of stories in these kinds of movies, just really understanding the mentality and the mindset that a lot of people have that go through these experiences. Okay, so if we're going to talk about this scene, then let's talk about it, because it did not 
work for me. Wow. Okay. Either time that I watched this movie. And the first time I, I, I didn't respond to it and I wasn't sure why. And the second time around, I, I figured out exactly why. <laughs> because I think this, like his little speech, I do think it's well written. I like it. But it is so tonally dissonant, not just with that character, but with where it comes in the movie, that I just, I spent the whole time thinking, this doesn't feel right. Like, it felt like this was a scene that was dropped in from a, a whole other movie entirely. And it felt, to me like shoehorned into this movie because they felt like they had to have this moment. But that Dan Levy's character in this is like the bitchy gay queen archetype played up to like a 10. And this moment comes more or less out of nowhere. And it didn't, it, that to me, it it softened the impact of that speech. You don't you don't see it as like kind of a emotional climax, if you will, considering that it does come near the end of the movie. No, interesting. I, and I think part of that is because like we only see Dan Levy's character in little bits and pieces, and he you know he's a supporting character, so he doesn't really have an arc. But also because like I'm, I having watched this movie twice now, I still have no clue what Abby Kristen Stewart's character arc is. She, she doesn't seem to really have an arc. No, Mackenzie Davis is the one who has the arc. Exactly. But Abby's the lead character. <laughs> and I think that's one of my biggest problems with this movie is that she is, the, I mean, she's one of the more likable characters in the movie for one, but she's also the main character. And I, I, she, she doesn't have an arc. Well, I think that's a really good point, actually. But yes, yeah, so like when when we have this scene that this is an emotional sort of climax or trying to be, but with a character that doesn't have an arc to go on. The, See, I, but I, I got from that scene. It worked for me. I got from that scene that it was more for the audience's benefit because that's what I was getting too. Yeah, my, the problem I have with the movie actually kind of relates to this, but not specifically about that scene. The movie it has its foot on the gas in terms of making the Mackenzie Davis character unlikable a little too hard. Um, I'll get into that in a second. But I think the movie needs a moment like this where a character comes kind of out of nowhere, sure, um, and puts things into perspective for the main character and the audience. I mean, he's looking practically right into the camera um, <laughs> and lays out the possibilities of what it could be and kind of brings the uh, people spectating on the story back into focus about what the Mackenzie character Davis is Mackenzie Davis character is doing exactly. Um, that being said, also, I do want to say I actually disagree with characterizing the Dan Levy character as like a bitchy queen turned up to 10. I thought he was pretty natural, to be honest. I mean, and I think that <laughs> I mean, yeah, that comes with of it, yes, that comes but... with the territory of casting a gay actor in a gay role, which isn't something I think needs to be done all the time. But what you get from it in this situation is it's not about the performance of queerness. It's about this queer character performing. So there never has to be a moment yeah. of him like weeping and crying. And like you could totally see if they cast somebody who didn't have this experience or didn't uh, do their full research, taking this moment and making it like, you know, 
crying in front of a fireplace at Hanukkah, I could say. So it's, (laughs) I think it actually takes a moment that has the potential to be like way over the top and overly dramatic and more out of nowhere than it actually is and use it to the audience's benefit to make it more restrained. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. That yeah, I like like I liked that part and the fact that you have two queer actors having that moment while being directed by a queer director is really cool. But for me, that scene for the first time made me root against Harvey Harper and Abby. Because at the end, Christian Stewart's character says, well, I want someone who's ready. And the main takeaway from that scene is that Abby and Harper are two different stages of, you know, queer identity where Christian Stewart's character is like very comfortable with who she is. She's ready for everything. And Harper is so concealed. And that made me realize, okay, maybe, yeah, they're in love, but they just aren't compatible at this stage anymore. Because, you know, Abby's thinking about marriage and wants to make that next step where Harper clearly can't even admit to her parents who she is. So that's the first time in the movie where I was okay with them not making it by the end of the movie, and I wasn't rooting for them anymore. Yeah, and as far as, like, you know, saying that, you know, this being more for the audience and their identification and all that sort of stuff, I thought that the... I think it comes earlier... um, scene with Abby and Harper where Harper basically like breaks down and she's like, I don't want to lose my family, but I also don't want to lose you. I thought that scene did everything that this scene with uh, Dan Levy and Kristen Stewart did so much better. I, you know, Dan, it's interesting that you bring that up because one thing that I didn't expect from that scene in particular was the normal reaction. I feel like we would have seen in other movies would have been Abby, um, turning her away in that moment and being like, no, I'm yeah. sorry, you're, you're too late. I, I, I'm i not doing this. But instead, she actually embraces her and tells her it's okay. And mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely like agree that this movie does something very weird structurally at the very end where um, it does feel like the character arcs of both Abby, a.k.a. being a little non-existent, and Harper, where by the time we do get to the end of the movie, I feel like it's so rushed because they've kind of jumbled the, the trajectory just a little bit. Because to your point, I do think in that earlier scene, 
Abby has laid it all out on the table, like her cards, as to how she feels about Harper, how she's willing to do anything for her. She's even willing to lie and go around with this really, really silly idea, but for the sake of, you know, her love for this other person. And instead of building up to that, the movie kind of like shows us its, uh, its hand a little early. And then when we get to the big reveal and the fight and her walking out and then like her coming back, it almost feels like it's all happening way too fast then at that point. And, you know, we got to have a nice little neat bow on this at the end because this has to be a feel good family movie when all is said and done. And I just think there's some pacing issues there, just like I said, in terms of the trajectory of the characters emotionally at that point. Yeah, the the movie is trying to have this, you know, mix of kind of wacky family comedy and, and genuine heartfelt, you know, queer love. And especially in that last act, the 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 whiplash from going back and forth between these things, it, it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the tone is a little bit crazy sometimes, but I do think the uh, zaniness of it is necessary because a lot of it is centered around uh, Harper's like crazy family. Abby's kind of you know, pardon the phrase, but the straight man in the situation. Yeah, and I think you need to see this family, especially like the Mary Steenburgen character and the Allison Brie character, be kind of clowns because otherwise they'd be fairly monstrous, you know. It, it needs to have that levity to otherwise not be um, a harrowing drama. <laughs> I loved Mary Steenburgen and in this movie. She's phenomenal. So hilarious. much. To, to oh quote Daniel Levy, she is fabulous in this. <laughs> she really is. I, I lost it at the scene where they're watching one of the old ladies open her white elephant gift and she just goes, <laughs> just rip it. <laughs> so I literally laughed out loud and she's I a, literally. Yeah, it's she's so a total pro. She's amazing. Now, one of the things, though, that I related to, even though I do think that it is dialed up to an 11 at times in terms of its campiness, is I really do relate to families presenting to others how perfect they are and how much, um, you know, I I have to admit, like, this is something that I resent in other people. I like it when people are much more grounded and real and natural about who they are. And that's something that I really connect with. When I get into an environment where everybody is just so stuffy and smiles and doing all these expected things as this movie very accurately portrays getting that photo op in front of the Christmas tree, for example, with all the family members, it's like... Oh, God, I can't stand it. I really like it to me. It is the most grating thing to like physically be around in real life. And I think this movie does that very well. And I like how wisely it also kind of ties that into, uh, you know, uh, this phony fakeness of identity, um, not just as an individual as uh, Harper is going through in terms of revealing who she really is, but also translating that to a family and a family uh, being who they really are as well. Yeah, and you even see it with the uh, like Mary Steenburgen character again because she says she's taking these photos as like candidates to get a little behind the scenes peek of the candidate's life, but they're so posed and manufactured that it's like the dichotomy there is just a it's a total lie. I love when she says she has always wanted to do karate, <laughs> you know, and I know it's not elegant, <laughs> and that she hates flowers. <laughs> I I do I, I do love her, and I I did love like the the family dynamics at 
at play in this, it felt very real but dialed up like just enough. I thought honestly Mary Holland's moments as Jane were maybe a little too forced. Uh yeah. You know how she's the techie and gotta fix the router, the printer. Oh, on it, and she like runs out of the room. I'm just like, oh, this is like you know, it kind of lost a bit of authenticity at that point. I was laughing. Yeah, she's <laughs> Okay. And her scene at the it, end was great. So, like, she's just, she's good. Yeah. I It made me really sad because I think she's hilarious. And I love that character. But so many of her moments specifically felt like they were manufactured to create a wacky Christmas movie character. Yes, that's that's where I'm at, too. Yeah, um, which like it's not because like she steals every scene she's in and love her a lot. But especially at the end when with Mary Steenberg and and Victor Garber, when they make that joke about like how she only turned out okay because we gave up after on her after she started biting people in preschool or whatever. And I'm like that. Really? Yeah, that was funny. (laughs) and, And it is. But it's also like it's it, it. I think that was a step too far, <laughs> um, because mostly I really love that. I I loved the moment when uh, Kristen Stewart asks Allison Brie about, "Oh, so you guys make gift baskets, right?" And she says, "No, we create <laughs> curated gift experiences housed in." Reclaimed wooden vessels. And it just got picked up by Goop. <laughs> Allison Brie is so perfectly cast in this role. It's yeah. not even funny. <laughs> yeah. She also gets the unfortunate role to like stick in the mud in an otherwise fun yeah. movie. But she takes it and makes it so her own. It is so elevated and like beyond a parody of that character that it totally works. And she doesn't drag the movie down like she might in other movies. And somebody I could have seen that maybe auditioned possibly for, well, I mean, actually, I could see a lot of the actresses in this movie kind of interchanging uh, in different roles in this. But Aubrey Plaza as Harper's ex-girlfriend is another piece of, I don't want to say it's so much like brilliant casting, like in terms of, oh, my God, so inspired. But she is so natural in this. And I feel like Aubrey Plaza, I feel like uh, some of her best performances I see from time to time are ones where she is really, really, really going for it, like in Black Bear or Ingrid Goes West. Mm -hmm. But it was so refreshing to just kind of see her being natural and sexy and really likable in, in this role. You know what I mean? She is the true hero of this movie. Yes. It's just like, she is She is the best. She is the queen. I want the sequel. We stand. <laughs> I want the spinoff. She rocked those suits. Just give her the dry humor and she's good. And I really didn't expect Audrey Plaza, known for her dry humor, to have so much chemistry with someone like Christian Stewart. But those scenes were so good. And those were honestly my favorite interactions in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah and that's the problem because especially by the end abby's a much better fit with riley than she is with harper i mean (laughs) i mean sorry about it but like the ground is laid for a sequel if they ever want to uh revisit these characters and you know see where the relationship continues to go from there because quite honestly i feel like there's a lot of groundwork that's laid here for that 
See, yeah, that is kind of, you know, obviously a, a bit of a problem with the movie. And you even see it almost like a meme at this point that they should have been together instead of ha- Abby and Harper. Um, and I do, I mentioned this earlier, but I do think it lays a little on thick the uh, Harper being kind of a terrible girlfriend. You know, there's the believable um, stuff that uh, Kristen Stewart knew was coming, like the deception and the like, you know, oh, this is my friend. But then like little things that have nothing to do with the deception, like staying out late at a bar with other friends when she wants to go home, things like that. That's just whether you're in this shitty situation or not, that's not cool. And I really think not to like fix the screenplay, but I really think if they had just kind of had the proposal before they even get in the car of, oh, by the way, I didn't actually tell my family. And Kristen Stewart is fully on board with it from the beginning. That fixes a lot of your problems because it's much less manipulative then. Yeah, the there's so many there's so much about the the setup that does like they the two of them have a house together. And her family doesn't know. Like, it's very, it's very strange. Or it's a very, very, very nice apartment. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It, I will say, though, Dan, I've been in relationships like this, not this drastic, but like for much longer than a year where people, not both their parents, <laughs> don't know. So, well, like, no, it I, is possible. I, like, I have, to, I have to, but it's just like that specific yeah. note felt a little bit like, okay, like, I, I see what you're doing, but, like, okay, fine. Um, well, my issue with that is that, in the beginning, we just didn't get to know that much of Abby and Harper as Abby and Harper. We have, like, one little montage of them on a roof, and that's about that it. Opening. It's a great opening, but I wish we could live, like, a little bit in their bubble for a few more minutes just so we know their relationship. I think that's what the opening credits were designed to do. Yeah. And... I don't know if it fully got us there either. I mean, I I understood the basics of it and I understood, okay, yes, I get it. They're happy. They're in this relationship for quite a while. Here are their, here are their moments at their best. But I, I have to somewhat agree that I don't know if I was fully bought in necessarily. I mean, like I was there, but I wasn't like, oh my God, these two have to end up together. And by the time we got to the end, I definitely was not feeling that way because I just thought Abby was way too good for Harper by that point. <laughs> she is. Harper is straight up flirting with her ex-boyfriend in front of her like, bitch. And, and that's the thing that really gets me. The scene where Harper is like, we need to take a break is so poorly written. <laughs> it's like, well, we have to put in a moment where they've broken up, so here you go. But her action, Harper's actions in that scene and everything she says makes no sense. I will say, though, because, because we spend so much time with Kristen Stewart, I mean, there's barely a scene where she's, that she's not in. Um, yeah. And we see so much of her wrestling with these decisions and speaking them out loud and externalizing them. There is a trust laid between the audience and her character that I do trust her decision a little bit to stay with um, Harper. That being said, again, like I said, there are some things that Harper does that you are going to need to reconcile that pretty heavily in some couples therapy because that's really, really not cool. Mm What do you guys think of Victor Garber? Uh, You know, he kind of has the role of the the straight man, you know, if you will, like where he's – you know, I, I don't feel like he got many comedic moments in this movie necessarily. Not. Yeah, but I uh, but fine. I enjoyed his presence and I thought he was well cast in this kind of a role as somebody who is, you know, um, in 
some form of political office and striving for, you know, a greater position and is that family like patriarch uh, that is expecting perfection out of everyone. I mean, wasn't anything special. It wasn't blown away. And maybe I had my expectations a little too high, but I, I thought he was fine for what he was given. Well, what yeah. he does with his small amount of screen time and dialogue is he brings with him as the person he is and the actor you've seen them for, you know, 30 years at this point, an inherent warmth to the character that you don't, you know, necessarily fear him, even though he's like clearly a Republican political person. And, um, you know, if they'd cast like Jeremy Irons in the role, it might be a little bit different, but it you need that kind of just like assumed warmth to make the character not just you know the the babadook in the corner <laughs> which is what i thought it was going to be at first so i was a little surprised that the movie uh avoided that cliche and uh, that's when i realized oh victor garber is good casting then as a result like you just said and and then like you know the movie also has some scenes of humor that i feel like just don't belong at all period on my first viewing of this the one scene that stood out to me more than any other as something that I was like, why was this not cut was this mall interrogation scene where Abby apparently has stolen uh, something from a store and she's brought into the back and like mall security or like, you know, questioning her about it. And it is played up. It, it, it reminded me as, oh, God, what did it remind me of? It reminded me of like the cops in the hangover movie. Um, mm. where they're just so over the top. And it's like, I, I, I just thought that that was so silly and pointless and added absolutely nothing to the story. I mean, look, Timothy Simons is selling that scene for all it's worth. And Lauren but, Lapkus, let's not forget. Yes, yes, and Lauren Lapkus, they, they're great. They're very funny. The, you could easily cut that scene. You could so easily cut that scene. <laughs> <laughs> cut that scene and give us more meat with Abby and Harper. Right. And this movie is better. Right. And that's like, that was like kind of my big takeaway uh, was that scene was like an example of my issue with the movie overall, which is I do feel like that it's comedy is inconsistent. Yeah. And it is a lot of kind of nasty humor. What, what, do, you, what do you mean? It, it, it's mean. <laughs> mm. And yeah. which, which a lot of the time it does work because these performers are pros and, you know, they're selling it. But the moments when it doesn't work, it's really kind of, oh, like it does not show the characters in a very good light. Interesting. See, uh, and, and, you know, the reoccurring joke of Daniel Levy with the fish. I mean, I, I was howling every single time we kept going back to the fish. Oh, I loved his <laughs> That was hilarious. When he's talking about tracking you and when he's going, when he's at the party and he goes to the boyfriend, he like lowers his voice like, sup. Funny <laughs> so good do you know where i can buy fish exactly like that i really love these fish if i wanted to buy one exactly like, never mind i'll just google it he was my mvp of the movie honestly i because I, I i do like that monologue at the end and i think his laughs in this are probably the biggest that I got out of the movie overall so I, I think Kristen Stewart is actually giving a pretty good performance overall I really really like her in this but uh, Daniel Levy I think just stole the show for me personally in every scene he was in for me I'm all about Mary Steenburgen and she's my number one in the movie um, oh, yeah, Daniel Levy was hilarious Yeah, between Mary Steenburgen mm -hmm. and Aubrey Plaza 
It's, yeah, I'm in that world too. Even though I have issues like with the movie tonally and even with the screenplay, this cast, I, I think this cast does everything that they're given so well. It's like one of my favorite ensembles of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a great ensemble and yeah. Uh, so for final thoughts on Happiest Season, uh, Lauren, what do you have? Anything that we didn't touch on that you want to uh, mention? Um, being just the contemporary costume whore that I am, I love <laughs> what all of these people were wearing in these movies. And I, I wish that one day, hopefully before I die, that the costume branch will like honoring contemporary costumes. And I just love how the costumes reflect how the characters feel, especially with Kristen Stewart, who like, owns all of those costumes like that like gray suit was amazing and so she's very loose and comfortable and then like it contrasts to harper who's in all these really tight and restricted and unflattering and unfitting dresses i thought was really good so good job to those costume department because they were amazing but yeah it's a fun movie it's not perfect it's not great i still consider it more of a dramedy than a romantic comedy because again emphasis more on the drama than the romance but it's cute. I think it'll probably be, you know, in my line of Christmas movies for, you know, the next couple of years, which is exciting. And I really did love this ensemble cast. All right. Cody, what about you? Yeah, very much in agreement. Um, I do find this to have some issues, obviously, but it is a romantic Christmas holiday film, which those are kind of by nature of the way they're made not supposed to be masterpieces does that make sense oh yeah you said it you said it you said it before it's not carol <laughs> exactly um or the last five minutes they called by her name it's not you know that kind of snowy drama um what i will say what i will compliment is the screenplay's really really strong and specific character voices there's like at least a dozen individual characters here with names and i remembered all their names and i knew who they all were explicitly they all had really distinct characterizations you can probably sum them up in like three adjectives easy peasy just halfway through the movie and that is harder to do than you think so that i really do have to applaud on the screenplay's part I really like that. Yeah, now that you mention it, I, I have to agree with you on that. Uh, the characters are very well defined. And I, I, I think I was attributing that more to the ensemble and the actors' performances. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree that, that the foundation is the screenplay after all. Yeah, like if you looked at some lines from the movie without knowing who said them, you could probably place which character was saying which. Nice. Dan, what about you? Um, there were there were some little things in this that I really loved. Um the the little handhold moment at the Christmas party with um, Harper and Abby is great. It was a little um, weird though. Sorry to jump in. That it was right when her dad was like, "And we're gonna keep family values, <laughs> right?" <laughs> <laughs> Why is this the moment that you're like grasping for your girlfriend, whatever? <laughs> yeah. Like lol. I I loved all of the physical comedy in it. The um the the ice skating <laughs> race is hilarious or or um when they're when she's fighting with like alice and brie in the hallway uh at the end and then they get into the yeah. main room and then like the painting comes into play <laughs> oh, and, I, and i love how everyone whenever the two of them start going at it and one of them will try to bring in one of them the other's like nope not don't don't do that don't get in the middle of that. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a typical like sibling rivalry of like just let them let them do their thing and like yeah. don't don't get involved. Just let it play out. <laughs> Although I did find it hilarious that she has that Harper and 
Sloan have such an antagonistic relationship and she somehow hasn't mentioned that to Abby. Yeah. Like there's no warning shot. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that would be like the first thing that I told someone if they're coming to meet my family for their first time, it's like, you know, my bitch of a sister, like <laughs> stay away or whatever, you know, like, not in my case. Cause my sister's not a bitch, but like, if that was, if I was, in Mackenzie Davis's shoes in this, or, or or it feels like something that would have come up at some point in their over the course of their relationship. But Harper is so inconsiderate. <laughs> she, she is, and it's a problem for the movie. Um, I, I I do also love the moment when they drop the box of liquor. Oh God! She's <laughs> oh, like, oh well, maybe it's fine. They should totally be fine. And picks it up, and they just all. Crap, it's like right one of my out. worst <laughs> nightmares coming true right before my very eyes. <laughs> yup. <laughs> that, that is real and it is, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like, I, I, I wish I felt something. I, 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 generally speaking, I am not a huge fan of Christmas movies. I feel like they use a lot of Christmas season signifiers as shorthand and don't actually do any work of creating those feelings themselves. They kind of try to do it by proxy. And while this wasn't like the worst example of that, that I've seen, it definitely does it a little bit. Um, So, which means that like Christmas movies have to work a little bit harder with me anyway to get, where they're going and this one needed to work really honestly even harder than that with some of the weird script decisions but it's really well performed and i i think this is claire duval's directorial debut i uh no yeah she directed like maybe thing she did a movie called the intervention that was like couple years ago yeah i think that was her first yeah um but like it's shot really well edited pretty well like i mean take out the scene with the mall security you know but it it's really well made i just like i didn't i I wanted to like it so much more than i did (laughs) yeah and you know once again i think i'm like kind of right there with you where um and i hate to say this but my my problems really do lie with the screenplay and the direction and i think the cast overall is what sells the movie for me because there are scenes that i could cut there are tonal uh issues here and there there are some laughs that don't land as well as they should you know, but then there are these character moments, interactions, chemistry between the actors. So I really do think that this ensemble just elevates this movie completely. And I, too, am one of those people that do not like Christmas movies. I much prefer Christmas movies that are not Christmas movies. Hustlers and the Irishman, for example. <laughs> but, you know, for what this was, for what it was trying to do, I do think it does succeed. Because... I showed it to my family this Thanksgiving weekend and they liked the movie. And, you know, if that means that they can then open up to seeing more LGBTQ storylines in movies, then I think that's a win. Like if this could be somebody's like entry point, then I and it can like broaden horizons a bit more to other uh, stories that are out there. I'm all for it. So... I think it. I think it sets it. I did. I think it achieves what it sets out to do in the end, with a lot of bumps along the way. But I cannot. I cannot 
take away the fact that the movie got me teary-eyed during a Daniel Levy's uh, monologue at the end. So I was originally at a six. I'm at a seven for happiest season. Lauren, what are you at? I'm at an eight. I think it's cute. It's fun. Merry Christmas. But I do want to say, <laughs> but I do want to say, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Harper, the character, Mackenzie Davis is really good in this. She does pull out the stops and it's a great performance on her end. She just, it's just not the best character. Yeah. Her big moment where the secret is out and then she's quickly downplaying it to everyone, trying to make it seem like it's a lie. I thought she was really effective in that moment. Uh, all right, Cody, what about you? I am like you at a seven out of ten. I think it is perfectly fine. It doesn't really, you know, rise above to the level of like queer cinema classic, but Christmas classic, yes. <laughs> All right. And Dan? Um, I am at a six. Okay. All righty. So any awards prospect for happiest season? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but in a year where I feel like ensembles are not really jumping out to me as much as I would hope that they should be. I I love this ensemble. I really, really do. And I don't think there's a weak link in here at all. So like I I'm considering, you know, because when you think about the television pedigree that so many of these people have, I don't think a SAG ensemble nomination is out of the question. That would definitely be its most deserving nomination that it could possibly get this entire award season. And the most Mm -hmm. reasonable one, too. (laughs) But I think we also have to consider Golden Globe nominations for it, too, in the comedy musical categories. Yeah, I mean, if Love Actually can get in, why not? Mm -hmm. Do you guys think Kristen Stewart could get in? Uh, Uh, I'd have to look at the contenders, but off the top of my head, why not? Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, Christmas yeah. movies are weird with the awards because, like, the Golden Globes kind of like Christmas movies. I don't know if that's because the nominations and awards are pretty centered around Christmas time, but the other awards, especially the Oscars, really do not. So, if it's going to break through anywhere, it's definitely the Globes. Yeah, I, I think its best day is a picture comedy musical nomination, Kristen Stewart. Uh, for actress at the Globes and SAG Ensemble, and then we just kind of call it a day and put a nice bow on it. Maybe a Critics' Choice comedy nomination. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> slim pickings there, yeah. my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, Cody, where can I find you on the internet? I am on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at CodyMonster91. Lauren LaMagna? You guys can find me on the Twitter at Lauren LaMango. Dan Bear? You can find me on Twitter at Dan on Film. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Happiest Season here on the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. And if you're feeling generous, head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, leave us a comment, let us know what you think of the show. And if you want to take that a step further, over at Patreon, $1 minimum a month will get you exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And we shall see you all next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.